0: I want you to think about some of the greatest accomplishments that people have ever achieved. The greatest things that people have ever done. You know, in pop culture, when something is the greatest of all time, what do we call it? The goat, right? The goat. Now, you may have this, you know, I'm, I'm one that likes to have intense discussions with my friends. And sometimes, <laughs> Joseph, what does that laugh about? I guess Joseph and I have had some pretty intense discussions, but uh, we like to have these discussions and we say, you know, who's the goat? Who's the goat of all basketball players? Who's the greatest of all time? You know, most people would say Michael Jordan, uh, which was a couple of slides ago. Brooks is excited about Larry Bird, I guess. Uh, Maybe you say Michael Jordan. If you're more modern, you know, some of you more modern people might say, you know, it's Kobe Bryant or LeBron James, they're the GOAT. Uh, Or if you're a classic person, you know, you like to reach back into the past, you might say, you know what, there's never been a basketball player greater than Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Just look at that mustache. It can't get any better than that. Or maybe you say, Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest of all time. I want to start today by telling you about a man who I think is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. His name is, is H.B. Reese. H.B. Reese grew up as a successful French horn player, Joseph. French horn player. Uh, He was well known for that uh, around his town in the late 1800s. So we're going way back to the late 1800s. In early 1900s, he began working as a dairy farmer, eventually took a factory job in 1915 because he needed to support his growing family of 16 children Yeah, the goat, right? I've got one over here, and uh, I can't imagine having 15 more. Whew! We'd need two pews. Uh, He saw an advertisement in the paper, and you're going to recognize this name. A man was advertising for a factory job. His name was Milton Hersey. And he was advertising for a factory job and looking to hire someone to manage his new dairy farm. And uh, in 1917, Hersey hired Reese to come in and run this new high-tech dairy farm that shut down only two years later. So Reese eventually incorporated the HB Reese Candy Company in 1923, selling lots of candies on consignment. And at his candy store, Reese had his employees coat a random random candies in chocolate. Okay, that was what they did. They coated. Random candies and chocolate, and uh, in 1927, he was delivering some of his candy to a store when an owner told him that he was having some trouble with a supplier. He said, "You know, we keep running out of this candy, and it's a uh, it's peanut butter coated in chocolate." So Reese had the idea of taking advantage of this supplier's mishap of not being able to keep his. Uh, His stores supplied with this uh, peanut butter wrapped in chocolate. And so he decided to make his own peanut butter wrapped in chocolate. And he eventually created the peanut butter cup that was wrapped and sold for one penny per cup. That sounds delicious, doesn't it? I'm glad they don't sell that cheap now because I would be struggling big time. But the peanut butter cups became what we know today as Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Now, I'm just going to confess something to you. I've always called them Reese's. Anybody else call them Reese's? Well, now I know that H.B. Reese, uh, the, the Reese's Cup belongs to Reese. So it is Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Uh, so if, I'm sorry you've, if you've got that wrong. But to me, this is the greatest of all time, the GOAT, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Now I want you to think, what is the greatest building ever built? What's the greatest building ever built? Maybe you're thinking the Eiffel Tower, or the Taj Mahal, or maybe you're thinking about the Parthenon, or maybe you're thinking about your house. Maybe you think it's the greatest ever built. But I think it's Solomon's Temple. The greatest of all time, the goat of all buildings built. Yes, the temple was incredible because of the materials used to build it. And over the next week, you'll read First Kings chapter 6 that tells you about how exactly it was built. This morning, we're going to be in First Kings chapter 5. You know, he used an incredible amount of cedar, of gold and bronze and many different materials. I think it was the greatest of all time, but not because of its look or because of its structure i think the temple solomon's temple was the greatest of all time because of its purpose look at first kings chapter 5 and we'll be there in just a minute if you go all the way back to genesis chapter 1 you read about a world that was exactly how god created it exactly how he intended it genesis 3 verse 8 states that they heard The sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God's presence with his people exactly how he planned. That's how God intended things to be. But you know, it didn't exactly go as he expected. Things didn't go exactly as he planned. Have you ever had something that didn't go exactly as planned? You know, I want you to be thinking about, I want you to get in God's mindset here as best as we can. You know, being surprised by how things turned out. So, you know, I want to... You ever go on Pinterest and you think, you know, I'm going to create something really cool. Well, this person did, and they saw these beautiful rubber ducky cupcakes. Just look at those beautiful cupcakes. Wouldn't you want to make those? Well, somebody tried, and this is what happened. Yeah. Or maybe a minion cake. Johnny Russo, this is for you. A minion cake. This would be perfect for your birthday. A beautiful minion cake, but look how it turned out. Ouch. Uh, Or maybe Cookie Monster is your thing. You want to make them for your kids for their birthday, but unfortunately, this is how they turned out. Pretty rough. And you know, for those of you who've gone out to see Toy Story 4, this one's for you. Maybe you want a Buzz Lightyear cake. You know, I love Buzz Lightyear. He's towards the top of my list. But if I tried to make a Buzz Lightyear cake, it'd be worse than that, you know? Some things just don't go as we plan. Maybe you're thinking about a vacation or some kind of trip that you took and you had it exactly planned how you wanted, but it just didn't turn out. God planned for things to be different. He planned to be with His people, to walk amongst His people. That's why we read about that in Genesis chapter 3. But things didn't go as planned. And God had to figure out a new plan. And God lived in a tent called the tabernacle for many years. But it never quite materialized that David wanted to build him a permanent place called the temple. But it it just didn't quite work out for David because they were constantly in, in war. And so, David never got to build the temple and after David's death, Solomon became the king, and after many years of waiting, the time finally come. The time to build the temple. Look at 1 Kings chapter 5. I think you're going to like what we read. Chap- chapter 5, verses 3-5. through 5. You know that David, my father, could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord, my God, has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord, my God. As the Lord said to David, my father, your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, shall build the house for my name. They're sitting in relief. Relief. Peace on every side. Imagine that feeling. You know that feeling of relief. Relief that you have after a long day's work when you come home and you're finally able to kick back in your favorite spot in the living room. Or relief when you've been moving, you've been packing. We did this just about a year ago, and I I included this because it's just an exhausting time when you're moving and you're packing all your boxes and you finally. Have everything in the new house and you can finally kick back and enjoy your new living space. Relief. Maybe it's the relief after you've turned in the last assignment of the semester and it's over. The semester's over and you can rest. Or maybe it's the relief that you feel after you've been struggling for a very long time and you finally decided, I'm going to give it to God. Relief. That's what God's people had in 1 Kings chapter 5. They had relief from war. They're at peace. After fighting and defending God's nation, they finally get to create a permanent place for God's presence. And that's what the temple represents it represents a place where God's presence would be with his people just as he intended it to be permanent, a special place. God's presence dwelt there for years and years. And the temple was destroyed a couple of times, but it always took quite a while to build it back. And now that you understand the weight and relief that they felt when they finally got to build a permanent dwelling place for the Lord, I want you to understand the offense that was taken when Jesus said in John chapter 2, verse 19, that he would destroy the temple and in three days I will raise it up. The people took offense to that because the temple was not just a place that could be rebuilt in three days. This is a place that they waited a very long time. They had to wait on relief from war. They had to wait on many things before they finally got to build a permanent dwelling place for the Lord. Remember that word, permanent. And when Jesus walks along and He says, I'm going to destroy this temple and rebuild it in three days. Now remember, this is not the exact temple that was built by Solomon, but it was the temple. They were offended. They took it as an attack on their, the dwelling place of their Lord. And in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, when Jesus was crucified, we read that the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now this wasn't just a curtain, you know, like the big green curtain that used to be right here before we put this stone up here. This was a massive curtain. This curtain was very, very large. 60 feet tall, 30 feet wide. And this curtain represented a separation between God and His people. Only the highest priest could go into the curtain where God dwelt. Not anybody could go in there. The curtain represented a separation between God and His people. And when Jesus was crucified, and we read that in Matthew chapter 27, this separation is removed. The curtain was torn in two. This was a representation that when Jesus was crucified, God would be with His people again. That Jesus was ushering in a new kind of temple, not a temple that is written about in Acts chapter 7. We read in Acts chapter 7, just before Stephen was killed and became the first man killed for his faith in the gospel, when he said, The Most High does not dwell in a temple made by hands. Jesus is bringing in a new kind of temple not made by hands, not the one that you waited years and years for relief to be able to build, Jesus was ushering in a new kind of temple. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Paul reminds the Christians in Corinth, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? The new temple That Jesus was ushering in was not a temple made by hands. It was a temple located right in your body. It was you. A new temple where God would dwell, where His Spirit would dwell. That was the new temple. Don't ever forget that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. A temple not made by hands, but a temple that has been very intricately built by god now i want you to turn over to second thessalonians this is also part of our bible reading this week that you just finished second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 cuz i want to warn you about something when it comes to your temple as you're building your temple and god is working with you and molding you to build the temple that is within you i want to warn you about something that's written in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let no one deceive you in any way. Verse 3. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. You know who that is? The man of lawlessness, the son of destruction. This is the one who destroyed God's perfect creation, His perfect world, where He would dwell with His people, the Son of Destruction, the one who tempted Jesus in the desert, the one who planted the betrayal in the mind of Judas Iscariot, Satan. And describing Satan, look at verse 4, What Paul, how Paul describes in verse 4, the Son of Destruction who opposes and exalts Himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Notice what it says here. Satan wants to take God's place in the temple. Satan wants to take God's place in your temple. Think about it. The one that is not built by hands, but is created to be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. My question to you this morning is, who rules in your temple? Who's sitting on the throne in your temple? Because Jesus ushered in a new temple that was not built by hands, but is located within your body. Now, who sits on the throne in your temple? Is it Satan? He wants to. Is it Satan? It's time to let God rule your temple. But Satan wants to rule. And he wants you to give in to every struggle that's coming to you. Satan wants you to believe when you hear that thought in your mind that you're not good enough. Satan wants you to believe that. Satan wants you to believe that you don't need God in your life and that your life is all about you. Satan wants you to give in to your anger and lash out at your wife or your husband or your children or your family or your coworkers. Satan wants you to use your time to do pointless things that have no impact on God's church. That's exactly what Satan wants. And that's what happens when Satan is on the throne of your temple. Is he? Now I'm asking you to look deep. To think deep about who is ruling in your temple. Are you letting Satan rule in your temple? Now it can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And I don't know what it looks like when Satan rules on your temple. But it's happened to all of us at some point where Satan has taken the throne and we see our lives kind of spiraling out of control. We need to be people who let God rule in His temple that every place you go, the presence of God is because He's within you. God wants you to realize that you were worth enough to send His only Son to die for your sins. He wants you to realize that. And when He's on the throne... You'll know that. God wants you to know that you need Him and that life is about making disciples. It's not about me. Life's about making disciples of Jesus Christ. God wants you to have peace on every side. Just like the people did with Solomon before he got to build the temple. God wants you to have peace on every side. God wants you to be His presence in places that others might be afraid to go. He wants you to jump out of your comfort zone and go to places where people might be afraid so that He can be present with you wherever you are in places that He may not normally get to be. Who's on your throne? Who's on your throne this morning? Who rules in your temple this morning? This is a question we have to ask ourselves and we have to look real deep And be honest with ourselves. Now sometimes God rules in our temple for a time and then we allow Satan to creep back in. But who right now is ruling in your temple? If God is ruling in your temple, thank you. Thank you for being an example to us of what His presence looks like amongst His people. Thank you for being an example of what His presence looks like in our community when you leave this place and you go into the community and you show people what God looks like. You care for people. You love people. Thank you for allowing God to rule on your throne every single day. Or is Satan ruling in your temple? Now, if Satan's ruling in your temple, don't leave here today with him sitting on the throne. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to go one more step with Satan ruling in your temple. Imagine the destruction that He can cause, not just in your life, but in your family's life, in the lives of the people you come into contact with in our community, the people that you work with every day. Imagine the destruction that Satan can bring if he's ruling in your temple. And he will. And destruction will go far beyond what you can imagine. Destruction will continue. It will snowball until it is far beyond what you ever thought it could be. But if Satan rules on your throne, you can walk out of here today saying, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. I'm not letting Satan rule on my throne anymore. I'm going to let God rule in my temple. The temple that is not built with hands, but I'm going to let God step into my life and be the ruler of my temple. You can go into the waters of baptism with Christ for forgiveness of your sins, You know, we read in Scripture that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Basically, you get a chance to say, God, I want you to rule in my temple. I want you to step into my life and be in charge. Or maybe, like I said a minute ago, God was the ruler in your temple for a time. But yet, you've ran away, and you've allowed Satan to creep in and take his place on your throne. But remember that God is depending on you to be His presence to the people around you. And if He's not on your throne, He can't do it. And this morning, don't leave without having God on your throne. If you have a need today, why don't you come forward in just a moment? Let us pray with you. Let us sit with you and pray that God can take the place in the throne of your temple. Whatever your need is, come in just a moment. You know, we also have elders that take a a seat in in an office just to your left when you walk out of here that are waiting to pray with you. If God's not on your throne, you can sit down with them and pray. We all have struggles. We have things that we're facing. Humble yourself. And get rid of Satan. If you have a need this morning, come forward as we stand and sing.